When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Welcome to Conversations with Carla. I'm Jerry Price. I'm joined by Princeton head women's basketball coach, Carla Barubi. Coach, welcome. Thanks, Jerry. Glad to be here. We have something new this week on our podcast. And you know how we like take the break in the middle? Yeah. We don't have to do that anymore because now we have two live reads that we read ourselves. And so I can read them or we could each read one if you want to try reading one. Love to. I love to read a lot, actually. So, so we uh, we do these in the um, in Zoom, and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to put the first uh, first the text of the first one into the chat, which I just did. And now okay. let's see. This is going to be Carla Baruby's debut at voiceovers. You ready? This could be the start of a whole new career for you. Ready? Yes. Go. This podcast podcast is brought to you by. RWJ Barnabas Health, the official health system of Princeton Athletics. To learn more about services and locations, visit rwjbh.org. Let's be healthy together. We want to thank RWJ Barnabas Health, the official health system of Princeton Athletics, for sponsoring this podcast. That's pretty good. You stumbled on the yeah. first podcast, but that was pretty good after that. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I do a lot of reading out loud, you know, almost every evening that I'm, I'm home. So that's true. What's the, what's the go-to book these days? 
Um, what are we doing? The Bromeliad trilogy, we're just finishing up uh, with, with my eight-year-old Parker, but during the pandemic, we did the entire Harry Potter series, which was awesome. So uh, enjoyed that a lot. There was a, there was a point in time, and I may still be able to do this, but there was a point in time where I had read The Cat in the Hat so much that I memorized it. I literally could recite The Cat in the Hat from start to finish. So I think I still can do most of it. Yeah, um, those, aren't, those aren't easy. No, no, uh, but it was fun though. Yeah. Uh, you know, I like to be here, I like it a lot, said The Cat in the Hat to the Fish in the Pot. I remember that part. Uh, anyway, let's get back to uh, what, what our purpose here is. And so you just did the live read. There was a time where if you were an athlete, you could not have done the live read. Now, because of uh, NIL, you can do live reads if you're athletes. Um, and it just got me thinking in this moment that in your playing days as an athlete at UConn, you probably could have made a lot of money if if there had, if there's if this current rules had been in effect then have you ever thought about that um i really haven't but um yes i just thought of that I, right now. yeah i mean some of those athletes at uconn are making some nice nice money um but you know those are their you know top top players i don't think i'd be one well, of you those. were a top top player uh I'm a little more of a role player you're right? a four-year starter national champion uh, not every year did i start but um yeah, played a played a good deal, but I think it's your you know back then it was like Rebecca Lobo and Nikisha Sales and those were sort of the the stars. You were the glue. Yes, you need you need the glue. You need those those important role players for that's for sure. So uh, let's let's shift from that to uh, we'll we'll get to your team in a minute and and because you're entering the the busiest and best part of the year, but. We had one question actually from two weeks ago that I forgot to ask you last week, and it was uh, it was a rather uh, in-depth question, but I can basically sum it up this way. And it had to do with recruiting and basically how do you find players? So there are thousands and thousands and thousands of high school girls basketball players. You're going to bring in a handful every year. You know, how do you find these kids? Do you, you know, and I, and I have something of an idea, but, you know, I think, I think a lot of people don't really understand the process and, you know, how many of these kids started out by reaching out to you? How many kids did you just happen to randomly see when you went to see somebody else? What has your experience been? Yeah, more so it's about like relationships with coaches, AAU coaches and um, specific programs that typically, you know, have high academic kids, um, but sometimes they're not from those programs. Um, uh, sometimes their coaches reach out, you know, reach out to us. You know, um, sometimes it's yeah, the actual, you know, prospective student athlete reaching out to, to us directly. Um, there has been cases where we happen to be watching somebody else in a, an AAU game and, and, you know, see someone else and, and inquire about, about them. Um, so it's, yeah, a, a handful of, of different ways um, that it, that it sort of, it, it works. It happens. You know, we have camps in the, in the summer. We, it's been a difficult last few years, but, you know, sort of, you know, they come, you know, early on in their, their careers. Um, and, you know, we sort of have them on our radar and watch them develop. And, you know, those could be those, you know, players, I think a handful of my players on the, on the team right now came to, you know, to the Princeton camp. So um, yeah, di different ways. I've always been sort of fascinated by the idea that you have an eight-team league, and then you have all of these kids out there all over the place. And 
the idea that this is always fascinating me more in football for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe it's because it's such a high quantity of players, but you can go out and you can literally recruit anybody you want, which to me opens up like this wide possibility of, of range and hits and misses on recruiting to the point where I've always been fascinated that they come back and they all play these close games because they've all recruited basically same level kids with, you know, a few standouts at the top and, and uh, a few ones who, who don't pan out. But it's, it's always been, I've always thought that, you know, if, if given the amount of variables in play that you could almost end up with, and I'm just talking about the Ivy league, any league leagues that are completely not competitive just because of all the variables involved, but it just doesn't ever seem to work out that way. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, we, I mean, we absolutely are recruiting against the, the rest of Ivy League and then, then your other high academic, you know, sort of some, some power fives across the, the country. And um, yeah, I think, you know, Princeton's such a, a great, easy sell, right? Like to talk about it and, um, you know, and when these prospective student athletes come on this campus, you know, they're just kind of blown away with, you um, yeah, just the, the community here. So really lucky to, to be able to, you know, recruit to this amazing institution. So let's get into uh, where your team stands right now. Let's go back to the weekend briefly. Two wins, uh, Brown and Yale. Uh, the Yale game was 38 points. The Brown game was 40-something points. Uh, great performance in the second half against Brown. Great performance throughout against Yale, a, a Yale team that was uh, – I think it was tied after three quarters up in New Haven or very close to that. Uh, this time you just ran away from them, but I did have one question for you. Uh, this does not count as second guessing. It's just, I was actually curious. Your team was up by about 10 late in the second quarter and Abby Myers had two fouls and you put her back in the game. What were you thinking at that point? How worried were you that you uh, were going to, she might pick up a third foul. And do you specifically say something to somebody in that situation about, Hey, you have two fouls under no circumstances are you to foul somebody? she certainly knows that she 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 had to um I don't think I had to even say anything she knows she needs to be smart um I just felt like we're just getting a little stagnant wanted some uh, momentum going into halftime uh, I thought she could help out with that um I think Grace did the same thing Grace went in with with two fouls as well during that time and um they both you know played in, in a smart way and um you know helped us I think with, um, you know, some momentum for the, for the second half, I, you know, I, I trust them. I trust them to make, you know, good, good decisions. Does it always pan out? No, but, um, you know, we also have a, a, you know, a great bench to always go to as well. So um, yeah, just thought we needed a little, little pick me up from them. What, so the game on Friday night, it wasn't a great first half for you guys. You were ahead by eight, uh, then just really sprinted away in the second half. What's your demeanor like at halftime in a situation like that, where maybe your team is not playing to the level that you want them to play, or in a situation where they are playing, maybe even exceeding what your expectation would have been? Are you always the same person at halftime? I have to go out on a limb and guess you're not throwing chairs across the halftime room. Uh, you know, what, what's it like in there? Yeah, and I... I... <laughs> I said to them after the game, like, you're going to get asked, like, what did coach say at halftime? Like, I don't, right, I don't change that much. We talk about what needs to be better. Um, but I, you know, I don't think I was, you know, too different from one game to the next. Um, you know, just what I expect from them, 
you know, coming out in the second half. Um, I thought we need to play harder, honestly. And the first half of, of the Brown game, I just, I didn't think we were playing well and we weren't playing well um, as a whole group or playing hard enough. And um, they certainly turned that, that page in the, in the second half um, for Yale, like, like we talked about what needs to, to be better. Let, let, there were a couple things that we needed to um, sort of change. And, and we did that. And, uh, you know, we talk about that's an, it's a new game, whether we're up by 20 or it's a seven point game or we're down, like we need to come out with even more energy to, to, sec, to start the second half. We need to, you know, you know, sort of take Yale out of what they want to do, take Brown out of what they want to do and, and, you know, really put the clamps down defensively. And I think sort of in both games, we, we did that coming out of the locker room. That brings us to what is down the road for your team. But before that, we have our second live read. Would you like me to do that? Or do you want to do this one again? <laughs> if you can do it, Jerry. Okay. Yeah. Now is the best time to plan your windows, doors, or siding project. Give Lawrenceville Home Improvement a call at 609-882-6709 for your free estimate on the highest quality products with superior installation practices. So when it's time to improve your home's appearance and energy efficiency, remember Lawrenceville Home Improvement, windows, doors, and siding. Find them on the web or visit their showroom today. Ooh, great job. So... I'm going to go out on a crazy limb and say that you do live reads better than I would coach your team. So, <laughs> so let's possibly, you know. I don't know. I think you could do it, Jay. I think you could coach this team. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yes, <laughs> not as well as you can. I can guarantee you that. So let's look ahead to what's up next, because uh, speaking of coaches who are very good, you have another game on Wednesday against Meg Griffiths, who is an excellent coach and her Columbia team. Uh, your team is 11 and 0 in the league. Her team is 10 and one. They have taken care of all of their business, except for the one game against Princeton at Jadwin, which was really uh, got away from Columbia early. Your team played very well, never really let them in the game. We spoke about this after uh, that game about what they might've learned from that experience. They'll be playing on their home court. This is obviously a huge game. The difference is between is, either tied in the, in the Ivy League standings with two games to play or your team ahead two with two to play. What are your thoughts on all of that as you get ready to play Columbia? And that's, by the way, a five o'clock tip a Wednesday and that game can be seen on ESPNU. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a big game. I'm, you know, I'm sure both programs are, are know that and feel that. And, um, but it is, again, it's, a, it's the next game on our, our schedule and the next game um, up for us to, to keep on, you know, working toward our, our goal of winning a, an Ivy league championship. This one means just as much as, you know, the Yale game on Saturday and the Brown game this past Friday. So um, yeah, we're just going to stay, stay focused, stay the course and, and get, get the team ready um, to play at our highest level on, on Wednesday. And, and hopefully, you know, things go well. We talked about this last week, but given how well that game went the first time around, but also given that Columbia spent a lot of time watching the video of that game, do you have to try to do different things? Do you try to just repeat exactly the same formula? Yeah. What, what yeah. goes into prep preparation the second time around? You know, I think we talked about this too. Like, I, I'm not sure we played that, you know, the best we could play. There was so much for us to work on. Um, definitely on the, on the offensive, offensive end. 
Um, I think some some different defensive things that we need to do um, to be successful. So like you can't just rest and say, let's do the exact same thing. It's going to, you know, it's going to work out the exact same way. Um, you really need to, you know, you're not only looking at, you know, your game against them. They've had several games recent, you know, recently, and you look at them and, and what are they, what are they doing? What are they, what have they been successful out? What do we need to, what do we need to, to take away? Um, what strengths are, you know, are they, are they showing? So yeah, it's a number of things and right. We're not just, we're not, it's not the same blueprint as, as the last game. So then beyond the Columbia game, then it's a Saturday game against Harvard at home. And I have no idea what time that game is. Two? It's Saturday at, at Harvard. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sa- yes. Excuse me. Saturday is at Harvard, and that is two o'clock. Two o'clock. Yep. Two o'clock at Harvard. The men are home with Harvard Friday, and then at Harvard Sunday because they had that one game postponed. Your game is at Columbia on Wednesday because this was the game that was postponed back in January. Uh, mm-hmm. So then you are at Harvard, and then you're home with Penn. Correct. And that game is on Friday, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I got that right. So it, it and that's the end of the regular season. So it goes at Columbia uh wednesday at Har- at harvard saturday and then home with penn a week from friday those three games then your team has clinched an ivy league tournament spot uh, that, uh that's not exactly a shocking thing but you know i assume that's the first thing you check off on the list that you want to get into the ivy league tournament so now yes. that that is secure um is that something that you know people celebrated or it just is something that was sort of anticlimactic at that point <laughs> I guess it was a little anticlimactic, but it certainly is not something that we take take for granted and take lightly. That we were very we're very excited to be um, heading to um, you know Cambridge in a couple of weeks to, to to participate in that. So um, yeah, I mean just yeah, right. Another you know box check. Like yes, that was a goal of ours to, to be in Ivy Madness, and we're excited that we're we're in. So you're you, when you go play at Harvard, they need that game to get in. And when you play Penn, Penn's going to need that game to get in. Uh, so you're playing three teams with a lot to play for to finish the season out, uh, which, you know, is good because that's how you want it to be at this time of year. But uh, the, the, the last, well, two things I wanted to ask you, the last thing before we get to uh, talking about today's guest, the last thing is, you know, your, your team starts practice long ago, and this is a marathon season. When you get to this point of the season, there has to be some sort of physical and mental tired or tiredness or fatigue, I guess is the word coupled with the idea that now you're playing the games that matter the most, which gets the adrenaline going and overrides all that kind of thing. But uh, you know, what, what is the emotional and physical state of your team as you head into the, to the key stretch here? Yeah, I think, I think the team team takes really good care of, of, of themselves physically, like takes good care of their bodies and knows the importance of, sleep and you know which is different i think than <laughs> the typical princeton student but sleep and hydration and what we're fueling our our bodies with um and yeah i mean they're just so excited for for this time of the year right yeah columbia is fighting for you know a, a ivy league championship you know harvard's fighting for a, a spot and penn's fighting for a spot in ivy mattis but we're also fighting to for the Ivy League championship. So these these games mean a lot to, to us as well. And I know, you know, the team is just mentally very <laughs> excited for, for this time of the year and these these games coming up. And this is what, you know, we've prepared, prepared for all season long. This is why we played such a, a tough 
non-conference schedule and um yeah to we know these games are going to be really challenging and we need to be we need to be at our best this week it's the the toughest toughest time of the year and lastly let's just talk about grace stone a bit just, uh you know she'll be our guest today on uh on conversations with carla and uh talk a little bit about what she's meant to your team what her role is uh you know just whatever you, and what kind of what kind of person she is just whatever you like yeah. to say about grace stone <laughs> grace grace is awesome um she's sort of a bit of like like kind of the soul of our team um she's all she's just a really smart thoughtful um person and basketball player and understands um the game really well i always think she's like another coach for me out on the on the court um in practice in the locker room i know that you know what she's you know saying i i um usually agree with and um so she's she's a great extension um yeah like just like i said thoughtful smart um just enjoy just being around her and and learning from her and her experiences in life and um yeah she's uh she's just been a really um you know just important cog to our our program and and really fortunate that she's you know she's on this team and she's kind of that on the court too like again you're not you're not going to see a little bit like ellie mitchell you're not going to see everything that she does for us on, on the stat sheet in the box score um a lot of you know, just hustle plays and, and, you know, getting tips defensively and, you know, diving on loose balls and, and things like that. And um, yeah, she just makes us, she makes us better on the court and, and off the court. I mean, she really seems to be dialed into how you want to play. 100%, you know, like, you know, when I, we got here a couple of years ago, I, I think we talked about this that um, she just knew defensively exactly what we were talking about and what, you know, the, the level you need to play at and the, the communication piece and the help defense, she, she knew it all. And so it's, you know, it was a really easy transition for, for her. And she's done a great job just bringing, bringing the younger players along, um, you know, as a sophomore two years ago and, and now as a, as a junior, and um, she's always talking to our first years and um, about, what's happening on the court and really helping them along. So um, yeah, she gets it 100%. Well, Coach Baruby, thanks for taking some time to be with us here today. Thank you for your debut of doing the live read. And yeah, I can't wait for next week. <laughs> good luck uh, Wednesday against Columbia, Friday, uh, excuse me, Saturday at Harvard. And we will check in with you next week, see how those two games went, look ahead to the regular season finale. Coach, thanks for being with us. All right, thanks, Jerry. You listen to Conversations with Carla, and we'll be back with more after this break, as we will be talking to Grace Stone. An orthopedic surgeon can replace a damaged joint, but they can't replace time. That's why you need a surgeon who's close to home. At Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital Hamilton, we have the specialized care you need to get moving again. We've taken every precaution, so don't delay. Do it right, here. Visit rwjbh.org ortho. Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital Hamilton and RWJ Barnabas Health Facility. Let's be healthy, together. Today tastes like movie night. Okay, whose turn is it to choose? And everyone's favorite hit, pizza and Coke. Today tastes like front row seats for all. Like cushions and popcorn. And counting the seconds. Today tastes like a slice of the action. Like we belong here and now. And it never tasted this good. Coca-Cola. Together tastes better.
Back here on Conversations with Carla, I'm Jerry Price. I'm joined by Grace Stone of the women's basketball team. Grace, good to have you. Thank you for having me. So we'll get into uh, your uh, your role on the team and where the team is and, and uh, all about Grace Stone. But let's start with your mom and, and having her sing the other night. What's uh, What was that like for you? Uh, it's incredible. I mean, she has been, you know, singing Lift Every Voice and singing my basketball games for some time. Um, growing up in elementary school, she was my music teacher. So, you know, all the traditions um, and songs that, you know, she learned growing up and, you know, celebrated during Black History Month is something that I always had ingrained in me. And so having her sing um, with her voice and sing something very close to me and my family. And so it was great. Did you get nervous at all? Or she's done it so many times that you don't have to get nervous? Uh, I think every time I, I get nervous for her, um, she is very confident and an incredible singer, but I think um, I always kind of attach my nerves sometimes, but uh, we were holding hands this time, so it was good. That's nice. So when uh, my, I have a son who's older than you are, but when he was 11, he was a ball boy for Princeton basketball and he played the national anthem on his saxophone before a game. And I think that's the most nervous I've ever been. Just, yeah, uh, no, it's, it's very scary, but uh, no, she always kills it, so. Yeah, he actually did well. Um, so uh, it was, no, it was, it's great to see. Uh, it was great to see. Um, she obviously is a great singer. Uh, are you a singer? Me? No. I mean, our whole family is pretty musical. Um, it's something that's always just been on in our house. Uh, my dad is actually, he studied saxophone at uh, Boston University and they actually met at music school. So um, yeah, it's, it's something that's always, you know, we've always sung as a family. I never really took to the slow solo career myself, but uh, definitely something we all love to do. Can you play an instrument? I played a uh, piano growing up. I played a little violin and a little flute growing up. Um, I would probably say piano is what I played the most, but uh, yeah, not uh, the best at all three of those, I would say. <laughs> so you have three brothers, right? Yeah, I do. Are you oldest, middle, youngest? How's the, what's the breakdown? Uh, I have two older, one younger, so I'm second youngest, yeah. And were they musicians? Um, yeah, we all played some of the, like most of the same instruments. Um, my oldest brother, he did, we all did violin, then he did piano and trumpet. Um, my second older brother, he did um, cello um, and violin. And then my youngest brother, uh, he messed around, but he actually uh, did drums for a little while and he's still kind of doing the drums. And do you come from a family of athletes? Yeah, so that was honestly our main thing. I mean, we always, you know, played instruments and sung together and whatever. But, you know, I think a lot of what my family's identity is, was like surrounding sports. I was always going to my brother's football games, basketball games, baseball games. Um, and then, you know, once I got into sports, it was constant running around between like three different games on the weekends. Um, so, yeah, it was always something we did as a family. Were they college players? So my brother, uh, my oldest brother, he played club lacrosse for a year at Arizona. Um, and then my second oldest, he played uh, three years of, of JUCO basketball. So being the girl in the family, I assume that uh, they did not take it easy on you when you would play? <laughs> no. Um, I mean, I think all four of us are extremely competitive. Um, I would say my oldest brother and I are probably the most alike and the most competitive. And so we would butt heads a lot when we would play. Um, my, the second oldest, he, he always loves sports and is very competitive, but 
you know, he would kind of take a backseat to me and my brother's brother kind of arguing while we would play. Did that make you better though? hundred percent. I think that, you know, they always pushed me. Um, they always, I think they always knew that like I could, I could be pretty good at basketball. Um, and it wasn't always like their favorite sport. It was always mine. Um, and so when we would play, it didn't matter what sport it was, you know, we would, we would get after each other. And I think a lot of my toughness comes from playing against them. Did you play any other sports growing up? Yeah, I did. I did a lot of different sports. Um, I did softball. Um, I think the one I stuck with the most was soccer. Um, that was one that I really wanted to play into high school, but decided not to, um, actually did gymnastics for a while. That was something I did competitively. And then I grew way too much. <laughs> um, so yeah, those are like gymnastics, soccer, and basketball were probably the three that I enjoyed the most. Let's talk about the Princeton women's basketball team and, and how you guys are doing. You're, uh, you have some big games coming up. It's Columbia Wednesday. Uh, that game's five o'clock start on ESPNU. Then it's at Harvard Saturday and then home against Penn the following Friday to finish up the regular season. Then it's off to the Ivy tournament and hopefully the NCAA tournament after that. What are your general thoughts about how it's going and where you guys stand 11 and 0 in the league, obviously standing in first place, but what, what are your general thoughts about how everybody's playing? Uh, I think that we're only getting better. I think that this, the Ivy season, we were really prepared for. Um, I think that, you know, our defense has only grown um, and we're really finding our identity offensively. Um, I think that, you know, we've, we've been competing really hard and, you know, we're going to get every team's best game. Um, and so I think that we have to come with, you know, that mindset um, and we've been dealing with that adversity. And I think, you know, Yale uh, this past weekend was probably one of the best games we've played all year. Um, and I think that just speaks to our ability to adapt, to change as we go into the second round of playing these teams who we know already. But, um, you know, I think that we're doing a really good job of, of trying to figure out what ways we can be more and more dominant. Um, and yeah, I'm really excited to play Columbia at Columbia. I think the atmosphere is going to be great. Um, and the rest of the league is, is, is doing really well. And so I think the tournament's going to be a really exciting time. Talk about the Columbia game, uh, you know, contrasted with the Yale situation. So the first game against Yale was very close, pulled away in the fourth quarter. The second game with Yale over the weekend wasn't very close. Uh, the opposite is true of Columbia. The first game was uh, all Princeton just jumped on them right from the start. And now the second game, who knows what's going to happen, but Princeton's 11 and 0, Columbia's 10 and 1. What do you take away from that first meeting? And what do you think Columbia took away from that first meeting? Um, I think Columbia hadn't played a team like us. Uh, and I think that they hadn't played against a defense like ours. Um, and so I think we caught them a little bit by surprise. Um, but I, I do think that they're a very good team. And I do think that they're going to adjust. Um, and so I think that we have to fix the things that in that game we could control. Um, and we really have to, you know, perfect the little things if we really want to dominate them on Wednesday. Um, but I think it's going to be a good game. I think we're both really good teams and, you know, we, we really know how to, to win basketball games. Um, and so I think it's, it's going to be close no matter what, it's going to be a good game no matter what. Um, but I think that, I think that we're ready for it. What about your role on the team and, and where you fit in? Uh, you know, you get a lot of attention for your defense. You make a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of the little plays. Uh, but just talk a little bit about your own experience uh, playing and playing in Carla's system. Yeah, um, I love playing for Coach Berube. I think that, you know, we're a team who we've, again, built our identity around defense. Um, 
And I think that we have also built our, our identity around just being tough and staying together um, and playing for each other. Um, and so I think that for me, that's always the mindset that I've had whenever I've tried to figure out my role um, on the team in different years. Um, this year, obviously, it's looked a lot different because you know, I'm playing a four, which is, which is different from when I started with Coach Ruby when I was playing a guard my sophomore year. But, you know, that's, that's kind of what I take pride in is, is doing the little things, doing whatever the team needs me to do um, so that we can win. Um, and it definitely doesn't go unappreciated by the people that I care about, which is my teammates and my coaches. And so, you know, I, I, I love that role and I love being the person to, to, you know, bring everybody together, do what we can, communicate the best we can and win basketball games. Um, and so, yeah, I, I've really enjoyed finding my place on the team. It looks like your team has really good chemistry, just looking at them from the outside, looking in. And part of that is winning teams tend to have that kind of good chemistry. But on the other hand, um, you know, there have been teams where you know, there was a, a major league baseball team where one of the players famously, famously said 25 players, 25 cabs. It doesn't really seem like that's what you guys are about. It looks like you guys are a pretty close-knit group. Am I, am I accurate about that? Yeah, and I think that with any team, you know, you add new people to the mix, you have, it's a new year, um, you have, everyone has a different role. I think that you don't just have that chemistry overnight. That's something that we have built all season. Um, and it's just a willingness from everybody on the team, from the coaching staff, one through 16, to just get to know each other and truly be there for each other and figure out what each person needs and how you can be that person for somebody and how to pick people up. You know, that's something like, again, when you have such a tough non-conference schedule and you go through all that adversity, you know, early in the season, you know, we, we, we had some losses and you have to figure out how to, how to pick yourselves up and be there for each other. And so I think that, you know, that chemistry has taken time to get and, and what you're seeing is, is a product of us working really hard at being there for each other throughout, you know, the tough times this season. What are your own personal future plans beyond Princeton? Uh, I'm not sure yet. Uh, it's crazy to think that, you know, I have this year, next year, and then my time at Princeton is going to be over. But, um, you know, I would say that it would be a dream of mine to play overseas if I could. Um, I think playing professionally would be an incredible opportunity. Um, but beyond that, you know, I just, I'm trying to gain experience in the things that, you know, interest me professionally, but I, you know, it's, it's a lot of different things. Um, and so I think post Princeton, it's really just going to be a matter of building connections with people, you know, reaching out to alumni, figuring out what, what really matters to me. And, and, and then we'll go from there, I guess. What's your major? African-American studies. Have you considered coaching? Um, yes, I have. <laughs> Well, let me ask you this question. So you think you might want to coach someday? Yeah, I think that it's always been something that I, you know, I talk about it a lot with my dad. We'd always, you know, after my AAU games or even after these games, honestly, we'll, we'll you know, we'll break a lot of stuff down and, and talk a lot of the X's and O's of maybe why we lost or maybe why we won. Um, I'll talk a lot with our coaching staff about, you know, how we're going to approach a certain scout and things like that. And I think deep down, like I love basketball and I know basketball really well. Um, and I think coaching would be something that would probably come pretty naturally to me. So I, it's definitely something that's off the table, I guess. If you take yourself out of the equation, so you can't answer yourself, which player on your team right now do you think would make the best coach, you know, 10, 15, 20 years from now? Oh, that's a great question. It's always good when somebody says that, when you ask them a question, Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, 
You know, I would probably say that um, Julia would probably make a really good coach. Um, she she knows basketball really well too. Um, yeah, she's a good understanding of the game. Have you ever thought about broadcasting? I don't know. I've never, I've, I always get kind of nervous. Talking well, okay, like, so the reason I say this is because the whole time we've been talking, you haven't said um or like or anything like that. And that's an important thing if you're going to get into broadcasting. I'm, it's not off the table. Honestly, nothing is off the table. I could talk, honestly, I could talk basketball for hours. So, I mean, broadcasting is something that I've never really thought about, but could potentially do. But um, yeah, I don't know. I probably, that'd be really, it, really cool. it, it stands out. I, I noticed when, uh, you know, when I'm doing these podcasts and some of the people, uh, you know, it's, it's rare when somebody your age isn't, isn't saying, oh, I'm like, or even somebody my age is not saying that. So, uh, yeah. And if you have that knowledge of basketball, so maybe that's something to, to think about as well. Princeton's uh, produced a lot of basketball coaches and it's produced a lot of broadcasters. So uh, yeah, maybe, maybe one of those is, uh, is in your future. In your immediate future is a game Wednesday at Columbia, five o'clock tip off on ESPNU. Then there's a trip to Harvard on Saturday. That's a two o'clock tip off in Boston. And then back here a week from Friday against Penn, regular season finale. Your team will be in the Ivy tournament in two weeks and hopefully the NCAA beyond that. Grace, thanks for taking some time to be with us here and good luck in the games coming up this weekend or during the week and this weekend. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. For Grace Stone and for Princeton Head Women's Basketball Coach Carla Barubi, I'm Jerry Price. Thank you for being with us here each week on Conversations with Carla and thank you for your continued support of Princeton Women's Basketball. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate, not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.